0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Got rid of the it, but pick, And it'll be a touchdown for Darian Harris. Somehow he hung out of the ball. Darian Harris absolutely torched him. Run. 40 yard dashes. Marcus Dash. 40 yard dash. Marcus Dash. 40. Marcus Dash. Marcus Dash. 40 yard dash. Marcus Dash.
1: You run the 40. Marcus Dash. Welcome back to Running the 40. I'm your host, Marcus Dash. This week we are staying in the Big Ten to talk with former Michigan State standout linebacker Darian Harris who is going into his first season as director of player engagement at Michigan State. This is a very unique episode as we get an inside look as to how the team has been communicating with their players throughout these unprecedented times, as well as his advice to juniors and seniors all over the country who may miss their high school football season due to COVID. I think all high school football players should really hear what he has to say on the matter. And of course, we talk about the upcoming Michigan State football season and many other topics. Definitely take a listen. All right, I'm here with uh, Darian Harris, former linebacker, now coach Harris. Yeah. How have you been, man?
0: Doing great, well, doing great. Well. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man. No, I, I know we connected a couple of years ago uh, in Lansing. Actually, the funny thing about that night, I was in Lansing. You know, you were, you were a star in Michigan State, and I, I didn't follow Michigan State football until I got there. So we had that conversation the whole night. And then my buddies who, who were, who were at, at the bar that night, they were like, did you know who that was? I was like, oh, yeah, it's Darian. Like, no, that's Darian Harris, man. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I was like, yeah, cool dude. You got you guys talking. He was like, no, 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 that's Darian Harris, Michigan State linebacker. That guy was a beast. I was like, oh okay, did not know. You said you played in CFL, so I was like, oh, that, that, that's sweet. I just didn't make the connection at that moment.
0: For sure, for sure.
1: So, and this new role that you're in, director of player engagement. Yep. It's a new role in general for you, but. I'm sure this year it's kind of, everything that's happening right now is new for everybody. How has that kind of been like to kind of adapt to a new role in a situation that everyone's getting used to because it's new for everyone?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's been a crazy experience and it it just is, it's been for everyone, whether you're a position coach, GA, um, director of ops. I mean, everybody's got to approach this thing in in a different light. Um, For me personally, you know, stepping into this role. Uh, it is it is a role that, that most programs have somebody in, in some way in this capacity, but, you know, based on not being around the players for, for X amount of months, you know, obviously they just got back on campus a few weeks ago, but having that lapse from March to honestly July of not being around the players, not seeing them, having them be at home, our role as as uh, player engagement, player development personnel really you know, went to new heights, I, I would say. You know, we were responsible for the development of the players. Of course, we always are off the field, but making sure that they stay engaged in different ways uh, outside of football was big. And this gave us an opportunity to really uh, harp on on the fact and really put to mind, put front of mind for them, you got to start thinking about things outside of football, outside of your sport. Um, of course, that's got to be the, your priority. A lot of these guys, if not all of them, aspire to play the next level of the National Football League. But you also got to think of things outside of outside of your sport, outside of the game of football. So this allowed us an opportunity to really push those things forward. Um, of course, we're in a, an election year as well, um, so we were able to do a lot of things bipartisan-wise in terms of just getting our players registered to vote. We just uh, were able to do that last week, um, getting our out-of-state players and our in-state players registered to vote. And that process will continue leading up to uh, leading up to the elections, and then having a lot of guest speakers um, that are that are both in the space of social injustice, uh, civic engagement, um, and, and government officials come on and talk to the team. All of that falls under the umbrella of player development. So uh, it's definitely been a whirlwind, but uh, the important thing is to make sure the student athletes are staying engaged, and I think we're doing a pretty good job at that.
1: Yeah, and that's awesome to hear that you guys are in, not involved, like, you know, at a bipartisan level, right? But usually in in college, I mean, you and I both went to college, and people didn't like talking about politics. So it yeah. Now, it's one of those things as you break that taboo of, you know, we don't talk about politics, you know, you don't talk about that. Once you break that taboo where, no, you do talk about that because, I mean, this is, I mean, this is, it's life, you know? Right. So I, I, I think it's a, it, a huge step that you guys are doing that. I mean, that, 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 that's awesome work, man.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's important. It's important. Yeah,
1: yeah for, for sure. Let's talk about the aspect that, you know, you are now uh, the you know, director of player engagement. You, played under uh, coach D'Antonio. Now coach Mel Tucker comes in, he offers you this position. What was kind of your, I mean, what was kind of your kind of takeaway from that? I mean, I'm sure that was awesome to you because you kind of, in a way you're, I'm sure you're, you're one of a few guys up from D'Antonio's like that play for D'Antonio in the locker room. You're one yeah. of you're one of the few that can, can carry on that legacy that, that he left you, you know, and I think that's cool. I mean, what did it mean to you to get that, 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 that position offered to you?
0: Oh, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. You know, what I was able to learn under Coach D, um, not just on the field, X's and O's, but but off the field, giving back, making a difference. Um, I was, you know, of course, able to take that into a to a GA role while I was still playing professionally. And now I can take it to a full-time role back in my alma mater. I mean, it's a dream come true for me to essentially come back home to East Lansing um, under Coach Tucker's staff. So to get that opportunity is is truly a blessing and I'm thankful for it. And um, I think that aspect of it is important, bridging the gap, merging the gap, not just of the times we had it with Coach D, but of the alumni base, um, of, of all players that played in Michigan State, making sure that there's some sort of semblance, some sort of engagement to everybody that ever put on a green and white jersey. And Coach Tucker's really big on that. He's big on uh, making sure that everybody feels welcome back home. You know, if you ever played in Michigan State, make sure that everybody has a place in East Lansing and can come back. and. Um, take advantage of of the resources and things that we'll have for our alumni as well. So being able to work in that sector of it is 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 special as well and important because I get to talk to people and work with players that played in the '60s and those great times with Duffy Daugherty and the the integration of college football through the '70s, the '80s, um, up through the '90s and in the early 2000s, up through the 2010s when I played. So to be able to to talk to everybody and work with everybody, communicate with everybody, fellowship with everybody. Um, it's great because uh, I truly care about this place, you know, I've, I, have you know, for a long time, even when I was playing here, I knew I wanted to eventually end up in a role like this and what better place to end up in than your alma mater that you care about so much. So it's been great.
1: You kind of talk, I mean, you were talking about saying, working with the alumni, you get to talk to a lot of these old players, you know, you were a journalism major. So talking, like, communication is kind of your, uh, that's, that's your thing. Yeah. Can I talk to you about how, and you know, what communication on, on a football field, especially defense, that it's it's huge. Kind of talking about how that's coming to play your 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 major and your degree. How's that coming to play during this time with your role? And I'm sure you're doing a lot of Zoom interviews with players. Talk to me about how that's kind of helped you into this position that you're in right now.
0: Yeah, it's definitely helped helped in a lot of different ways. And again, especially during this time, um, the Zoom portion of it you know, doing a, a, a kind of a podcast deal with former players um, that we called Spartan Spartans. So doing that kind of early on and when this pandemic kind of really started to hit and we knew that we weren't going to have human to human interaction for a long time. So doing that, um, that kind of translated to the social media branding, media aspect of things that's really important. And we have a great uh, video staff, a great recruiting staff that um, feeds out a lot of ideas also. And I'm able to kind of take those and and work with them and whatever they need i'm able to to go ahead and produce kind of on film so um, like that spartan the spartan thing came from them um doing the campus tour video being able to put that together because obviously nobody will ever come on campus we can't have recruits on campus um you know there's, there's really no way to see campus otherwise than that that was a great way to, to kind of get everybody to see campus and see what we have to offer michigan state and again not just recruits I'm all although that is a huge portion of it, but everybody. And when you start doing these things, as you know, when you put it on social media, they span out and they hit people in different ways. Um, you know, just you know, doing the the Mike Sadler celebration that we did over the weekend, um, on Zoom as well, having to put that together and do that, um, that was that was great, you know, and having Coach Dion and Coach Tucker and Coach Izzo and Benny Fowler and of course Karen and Katie Sadler, like all those things, I think stem from my background in journalism and in media. Um, so I always knew that. You know, it would be, it would take me more than just, you know, some appearances on BTN, which I was glad to be able to do. But I know that in this day and age, communication, media, social media, the different, uh, you know, just the different venues and entities of of media, you know, writing, of course, TV, broadcast, radio, being able to do all those different things is going to help pretty much in every aspect of life. And now, especially um, at a time like this, where everything is seen virtually, Everything is how can you communicate a message without being face-to-face with somebody. Um, it's really important.
1: Yeah. And I think especially, uh, I was talking to Eric Warfield, former Kansas City Chief cornerback, the other day, and he was saying how the technology now, you know, you have Zoom, you have all these places where you can talk to people like like this in this setting. He was saying that this kind of helps players who play defense, offense, this kind of classroom setting that you all can offer players this can help, and I and just my my opinion, Coach Tucker's coming in is is a new coaching staff. It's a, it's a new system, offense defensively. Yeah. This I mean, this kind of classroom setting you guys have with with Zooms and all these kind of different Skype chats, this helps. And a couple of years ago, when you were playing, could you imagine playing in a time like this? If this pandemic had happened when you played. How different would this have been? I mean, we, we wouldn't be right for this with all the technological advancements. No, no, I
0: don't think so. I think it would have been a lot different. And, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago, but it was in terms of technology because you know how fast things move. I mean, obviously there was Skype, um, but, you know, was there 200-person meeting rooms on Skype? I'm not sure. You know, I may, maybe Zoom existed then, and obviously it took a huge jump now. Um, Microsoft Teams, all the different entities out there for, for video chat. Were they allowing you to have, you know, 100, 150, 200-person, um, you know, classroom settings to be able to do that, that we have to do with football? So I couldn't imagine it, it would definitely be tough. It would certainly be tough. I think it would be, be a lot of sending videos and things back and forth. Now we're able to, as you said, have a Zoom meeting with the entire team, of course, but break off offense, defense, and then put in a system. Um, and the coaches can teach it on film. We can have our players doing it from wherever they live, respectively, social distancing, of course. Um, whether they're setting up um, or what they were doing before coming back on campus, you know, setting up in their basement, their kitchen, their living room, uh, the garage outside. And it was, it was, it was pretty awesome for me to see, to just kind of sit back and watch our players like on these zoom calls, going through the motions of the offense or the defense from home. Everybody's, you know, thousands of miles spread across the country, but able to still get the same amount of work done and able to put in and implement these new systems. So, um, definitely thank goodness for technology to be able to at least provide some buffer until things get back to um, whatever normal is going to be. But at the end of the day, you know, one of the things you've been telling our, our team and what we've been learning from some of the people we've been talking to is it is what it is. Um, it's going to be what it's going to be. And there's no sense in, in kind of getting frustrated or, or down on yourself or whatever because of what's going on. you got to take what you have and work with that. Right now we have the opportunity to use Zoom to have these types of meetings and things like that. So you just got to work with that. And in the, the day, everybody across the country is kind of going through the same thing as well. So it doesn't necessarily put you behind eight ball.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And you talk about it across the country. Over the last couple of years, it's been a big thing. We're talking about strength of opponent. It's, it's always a conversation. But talking about the non-conference stuff, some people were saying, uh, uh, different analysts, and they, they were saying that they think by having, getting rid of the non-conference stuff – this is going to be able to take away from the guaranteed games. So, like when Alabama plays Western Carolina for something, yeah. for example, do you think that could become a trend where people are kind of taken away from that? But, but then it also kind of goes into the play where those games are for the the, the smaller schools. They need those kind yeah. of games to even survive. What yeah. What are your kind of thoughts on on that aspect?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would say I hope it doesn't. um, kind of, you know, diminish those games or take those games away. I think those games are important, you know, for those those smaller schools to be able to get an opportunity to play this level of competition. I think it's important for us, too, to get an opportunity to play against other schools that are outside of your conference. I think there's a lot of uh, advantages and benefits to that. Um, and and with, with both, you know, playing another Power Five team or not, I just think that's important. Um, I know that we certainly had some battles with some teams um, that were out of conference, even if they were considered, you know, a, a smaller school. I and mean, we had battles with Western, battles with Central Michigan, battles with Western Michigan, Central Michigan. Um, and then, of course, on up the ladder with Boise State, Oregon, schools like that. So I think it's important. I think that they're, they're, um, I think they're meaningful. You know, I know that everybody likes to see upsets happen sometimes. So, of course, we don't wish those happen to us. But, um, you know, that there's an opportunity for that to happen. I think that's what makes college sports kind of pure and fun. Is having the opportunity for upsets like that to take place. So I would hope that, um, you know, obviously it could potentially happen this year. And I know the Big Ten already said conference only schedule, but I hope that doesn't become a trend.
1: You mentioned Western, your battles of Western and Central Michigan. Uh, that leads me to my next question. If you were to go back in time and, and when you were playing again, you could, you could pick one non conference team that you'd want to play, what team would that be?
0: Oh, man. Um, wow. I mean, we, you know, I've got to play a lot. So I guess I would probably pick one that we, you know, that necessarily didn't play. I'd probably go to a SEC school. I'd probably love to play LSU, um, get an opportunity to play them. Uh, LSU or Clemson, I would say, you know, think about top of the line, think about teams that are always in the national championship hunt. Um, you know, in 2011, even though I was registered, we got an opportunity to play Georgia. Of course, we got an opportunity to play Alabama. didn't go our way, but got that opportunity. Um, I like the, the go big or go home kind of mantra. And I know that during the time that I was playing, we measured up everybody we played against uh, and I know that we would have um, definitely you know had a battle with with one of those two schools so um, you know just you know thinking about the fact that they're the reigning, um, you know player got teams that played in that championship game um, would have been fun to get an opportunity to play them
1: yeah no for sure and, and plus you, you, you see these drafts you got uh, Alabama Clemson LSU I mean, the, those guys I mean LSU just passed this past the 2020 draft the whole, the whole team was a, was drafted in the yeah. first two days so yeah uh, that would that would be that would be awesome. Spring uh, football has been kind of uh, something that people were saying may may possibly be a spring season. So there's a lot of questions that come with that, but main two would be how would that impact recruiting and how would that impact next year's season?
0: Right. Yeah, I think it would impact it a lot, and it just says everything's doing. And if you know, the governing bodies decided that's the case, it would be something where you just kind of have to roll with, with punches and and it is what it is. Yet again, you got to live in the, in the present moment. But I think things would definitely shift. Um, you know, when you think about that, that spring time, I mean, that's prime time for visits and things like that from recruits. It would just make a really, really interesting time um, in, in terms of a season being in that place and visits having to happen then and you know what happens with basketball? Does it overlap there? I mean, there's a lot of different things. You know, other sports as well that play during during spring time. That's their time to play. So it also, of course, would would hinder spring ball. You know, you think about spring ball, spring practice. A lot of decisions are made during that. Um, everybody gets better, or at least you hope everybody gets better. I know I certainly benefited from spring ball and the spring practice. So I just it, it would be it would definitely be be an interesting interesting thing. And then of course. With the NFL draft that pops up in, in April, you know, how can you have the spring season and then it leads you right into the draft? What happens with the combine? What happens with pro days? What happens with things like that? Do players opt to not play? Do more players declare early? Like, there's a lot of things I think that would come into play there. But, again, if, if that's what ends up being the case, you kind of got to roll with it. I think it would shift a lot of things, though. I think that there would be kind of some residual effects and everything would shift kind of off of that if it ended up being – that uh, spring season was necessary
1: yeah th- that's the one thing that they're saying because if you do that then it's a, like a domino effect that you have to, yep. have to shift this up everything's gonna have to, to move and, and yeah and I guess we'll see this year how the how the NBA pans out because season ends and they get they're gonna get two more months and then they, they go back so it's a shortened off right. season for them I don't know how that's gonna work going in the future if, if that's gonna if that's gonna be their main season at that point now I mean I, I don't know This whole whole year is so so weird, man. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: (laughs) So, talking about spring seasons and stuff, a lot of high school over this past couple weeks you've seen different high schools all over the country cancel their fall season. Now, some are in the air if they're going to play in the springtime. Some, they say that they're not going to. Now, what advice would you give to someone who is a junior who is hoping to have it it come out and have an amazing season or a senior whose last chance was this year to kind of showcase something. What would be your best advice?
0: Yeah, it would be more of the, uh, you know, this is is just what it is right now situation. And um, I would definitely say give yourself an opportunity to be frustrated and uh, disappointed. You know, don't allow somebody to say that, you know, just because something happened, you got to bounce back quick. You got to, you know, kind of roll with the punches and, and deal with it. Don't don't allow that to be the case. Give yourself an opportunity to, to kind of have some disappointment and and a little anxiety of what you're going to do next. Um, and if it's a situation where maybe this this gets in the way of you get an opportunity to play at the next level, um, be disappointed in that as well. But then figure out a way to build yourself back up out of that, I think is the most important thing. Um, understand that you're not alone in that battle, not alone in that fight, and that there, I'm sure, will be – resources provided to you or for you or that you can um get an opportunity to utilize that can kind of help you through this tough time and then if you truly do want to play um collegiate football if you have the option to do that or the skill set to do that there will be opportunities to do that you know whether it's walking on at a team you know when, when we're able to have tryouts across the country there's a tons of schools at all different levels um, that will be looking for players you know if you think of all the different levels you think of juco um, if you think of community college, things like that, all the way up to the D- D3, D2, 1AA, D1 level, there's going to be opportunities. So um, I would say also not to give up on your dream. You know, not, don't think it's crushed. There, are, there will be opportunities because people are going to understand that this, of course, is a strange year. It's, it's a wild time, and it's affecting a lot of people. And I especially feel for those juniors and seniors because that's your prime recruiting time. And if you don't have an opportunity to play that season when you've been waiting for two, three years to get your opportunity to play, and then you don't get that chance, that can definitely affect your recruiting. Um, but I would say that that there will be an opportunity out there. You just got to believe that there's going to be, and take advantage of every opportunity that you may have to still be able to live out your dream.
1: That's that solid advice from you know one of the game's best. L- let me let me ask you something here, like. So now let's say you're a senior and a lot of seniors are probably going to end up going to JUCOs or maybe if you're in a public school, maybe going to a private school for a year. Do you think there's going to be more of an emphasis on scouting the junior colleges for the fact that guys may went on the radar because they didn't have that junior year or they didn't get that senior year? I mean, do you see that being a thing? Yeah,
0: certainly. It's certainly possible. It's definitely certainly possible because I think there are going to be some misses for everybody. We missed out on having our camps this summer, the, the, the junior one day, the senior one day, or the, you know, the, the freshman, sophomore camps, the seven-on-seven seven camps that we usually have, the position camps. All of those things are, are big evaluators. You know, think about a lot of guys that have come through any program, um, but just you think of the guys that have come through through Michigan State, you know, look at a Trey Waynes, for example, um, he who was, he was my roommate. and He came to Michigan State's camp. He runs a 4-2. That's gonna get you an offer, you know what I mean? Now, his film was good, of course, but you know, what happens if he doesn't get an opportunity to come to Michigan State's camp? Does he does he pull that offer? Does and and as we know in recruiting, it's kinda like once you get one offer, the others kind of avalanche and snowball together. So a lot of these times players come to these camps, um, show out, show their stuff, and then get an opportunity to get an offer, and then it's kind of a snowball effect from there. So having not having an opportunity to do that, I think, is big also which may lead some, some, some guys to go the JUCO route um, to get a year in of ball to get some film and then try to transfer to a D1 level. So I could definitely see uh, scouting of the JUCO ranks kind of going up. Um, it just be probably be one of those, those big kind of changes or different tactics or different ways of doing things that we'll see across college athletics.
1: Thanks for the advice there, man. So, okay, so we're going to go to kind of the fun portion of the show, the, uh, I call it the 40-yard the, the dash, the final 40-yard dash. It's a rapid fire questions for you. So with the show being the forty, um, what was your fastest forty time?
0: Uh, so when I when I first when I first got to MSU, I was I was a lot smaller uh, that I ended up leaving at. So um, I ran the fastest I ran hand time was a four three eight, and I was I was really proud of that. Um, <laughs> and obviously it helped me a lot on the field. Um, and then obviously as I put on weight at that time the minutes, I was always in the four four range. Um, always always tried to play fast. Always tried to use my speed to my advantage. So. Um, I always got my name, like first in the linebacker in the linebacker room there with that. So that was always fun.
1: That's awesome. And that, that's kind of just reading from your player bio and just talking to people from MSU, you, you were like the, the versatile, like, like Swiss army knife linebacker. And now yeah. you're, you're starting to see that now at, at the NFL. Now you're starting yeah. to see that kind of versatile yeah. guy who could play both. Uh, and you were kind of the first year kind of in 20, 2011.
0: Yeah, yeah, when I first got in, yeah, we called it the star, which I think a lot of plays, more players are calling it now, um, that star linebacker position. Um, They had that hybrid out of the box between linebacker safety. And now, yeah, I mean, if you look across the league, that's what – I mean, you could have all three linebackers that are kind of at that size, that 220-pound range because um, that's what you need the game, the name of the game. I mean, shoot, you're you you Kansas City, you know how it is. I mean sure, yeah. Pat Mahomes and all them putting that ball in the air. We're not really worried about stopping the run too much.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And and you have guys like Tyron Matthew who who yep. are that who safety, but he, he does come up in the box a lot. So I mean, exactly. you've seen that that tweener all, all, all over the place. And it, it bodes well for guys going in the future who back in the day they'd be like, oh, he's not a prototypical linebacker size. Oh, yeah. he, he, you know, he's too small. And then now now we're seeing the game evolving and and like offenses, like the Chiefs, that offense was a college offense that you never Definitely. seen in the NFL, but now you're starting to see that. So it's, it's good the game's evolving for that and different things, you know. Next question here, what are you most excited to see in the upcoming uh, MSU season?
0: Oh, man, just, um, just being first – I mean, personally, just being back on on a sideline and getting that opportunity. Um, and then just, just all the talent we have on this team. Um, we have a lot of talent that, that's waiting to showcase what they got. I think everybody's excited, revamped, of course, with the with the new staff. So um, when it's a new staff, you know, you can kind of get a cliche answer of everything. I'm excited about everything because everybody's energized, animated, um, and ready to go. So we're just, fingers crossed, things work out in, in a favor that allows us the opportunity to be able to play safely, of course, um, first and foremost. You know, player safety and staff safety is, is first and foremost the most important thing. If there's a way that it works out, everybody can be healthy and do it, then um, I can't wait to see what we're able to do on the field.
1: Do you remember your biggest hit that you ever had in, when you were at MSU?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, my senior year against Nebraska. Um, and I got I got Jordan Westercamp pretty good. He was a great receiver for them, slide receiver. I got him pretty good on a wide receiver screen. Um, he actually – it was an unbelievable catch by him because he held on to the ball uh, he, and he caught it with one hand, uh, which is even more unbelievable. But um, that's, that was actually probably my best game of my career. And uh, definitely, definitely my biggest hit.
1: Yeah, no, I saw I, – I was, I was watching the highlight of that. You stuffed yeah. that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good film study. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: okay. So piggyback off that question. We're talking about running backs, since you're a linebacker. Yeah. You know, when you think of running backs, you think of linebackers, you know, piggyback off each other. Do you remember the, the running back who gave you the, the hardest time or who was the hardest to, to, to tackle?
0: Oh, yeah, Saquon Barkley for sure. Um, really? Yeah, that does. That a, that's a no brainer for me. Uh, and the thing is, I played against him when he was a freshman. So just even at that time, um, his skill set kind of spoke for itself. And of course, played against a lot of great backs. And it's kind of like one A, B, C and D. I mean, I can't even you know, it's not like a, they're all top tier. And it, it's, it's, it's really wild because, you know, they're all kind of the best in the league right now. If you think about <laughs> maybe three of the top five or four of the top five. I played against all of them um, in college. But uh, yeah, I definitely would give that to Saquon.
1: So that that's goes great for my next question. Madden just released their uh, overall ratings. I don't know if you are yeah. play Madden.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I might need to get your your gamer tag so yeah. we can we can play sometime. Yeah. But they released their running back ratings, and you kind of alluded to it. You've played against three of Madden's top five rated running backs.
0: Can you name them? So i so I didn't cheat. So I didn't cheat. So I know um, you know. I know Zeke, Saquon, and Derrick Henry. I would guess it's a three.
1: It, it was interesting you said Saquon was harder to tackle than Derrick Henry. I mean, I, I just remember seeing Derrick Henry's high school highlights when I was a kid. Yeah, it was it was like, it was like a man playing with like 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 Pee Wee kids. It, it was insane. Yeah.
0: I mean, it definitely wasn't. The, the, the I mean, it, it was it was fun, but it wasn't fun if you know what I mean. Like having to hit him over and over again. But um, you know, when I mean, we really keyed on him. You know? you know, we we keyed on Saquon also. But you know, you think he's a freshman? You know, it's. You know, Hackenberg's trying to have a comeback year, and and they got some, you know, some some threats on the outside. You don't don't key on him as much as you probably should have, and we realized that because he was the only running back that year to go over 100 on us. Um, Derek Henry we keyed on a lot, and, I mean, it it, it took a toll on you, you know, banging into him every two seconds. But um, the the craziest thing about that game was the fourth quarter they decided to bring out, you know, a guy named Bo Scarborough on relief duty, and he was even bigger than there, so it was like these Alabama guys—they just roll out these, you know, 240 hundred forty-pound running backs at you, um, and you just got to hit them time and time again. But uh, you know, to get an opportunity to play against that level of talent in college and 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 to have some sort of success against it was uh, was fun for sure.
1: No, for sure. When I was looking at the list of the dudes you played against, and then I was, Madden rings had come out. And I was looking at, it, I was like, wait, I was like. Darian played against all these dudes.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh,
1: if you were starting an NFL team, which of those running backs that you played against, would you, would you
0: start? Um, probably I'd go Saquon. I know he had an injury kind of rid of the year last year. Um, but I'm excited to see what he does this year. And I think all those guys are great in um, some of the same ways and some of their own ways. Um, new Saquon would, would walk. I mean, Saquon's rookie year, you know, 2,000-plus all-purpose yards is something really never seen before. And then, you know, I just heard something today, actually, that, you know, Zeke, there's, there's nobody within a 1,000 yards of Zeke's numbers, rushing numbers in the last five years. Wow. Man. And Derrick Henry's year last year was was undeniably, almost took him to the whole way. So all those guys, you can't go wrong with any of those guys, to be honest. I'm, I'd probably go Saquon just because I'm pretty biased towards, towards him. Uh, I love his leadership capabilities also what he stands for, how he plays the game as well. Let's um, do up with all those guys. Um, but would love to take off, to be honest. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the kind of thing I would do in a franchise job yeah, a draft draft. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one thing we always talk about flashy stuff, quarterbacks. Who was the best quarterback you you played against? You we were talking about you you read that play against Nebraska. Yeah. Who was a quarterback that you would like? It was just hard it was hard to read in general. Definitely
0: definitely Marcus Mariota for sure. You know, I was able to a good play against him in his Heisman year. And uh I mean, just unbelievable talent. Um, big guy, hard to bring down. Um, you know, I had a clear sack on him, and he just ducked under me and, like, did this left-handed flip, which um, ultimately kind of led to them winning the game, honestly, because we had a lead. It was at their place. We had a lead, and and he went on kind of his Heisman moment, if you will, and was able to lead them to the victory. But, uh, you know, real, real humble, nice, respectful guys, I'm sure you could imagine, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does in Oakland.
1: Yeah, that, that that's actually going to be interesting with him and Carr, that QB competition. Yeah. But I will say that uh, this year and you know, being that the pandemic year, teams are probably going to go with guys who've been there before, who already know the system. Whereas, yep. kind of reteaching everything to Mariota, but Mariota, Mariota is you know he's had a good passing, and his he's had kind of injury plagued
0: professional yeah.
1: career. So, I mean, he's got a shot, and so it'll be interesting to see how that happens. So, last question, man, if you could relive one moment from your playing days, what would that be?
0: Oh wow. Um, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty. You know, and you know what, what? I actually had a lot of fun. Uh, my freshman year, being a scout team running back, and that might be kind of crazy to say, but um, I, I just, I know, mean, I've always loved the position of running back. I always felt I was a better running back than linebacker, actually. And uh, you know, freshman year, the running back in our class ended up not coming, so we didn't have one in, in our class. And so I, you know, my, my redshirt year, I played running back all year on the scout team. And had a great time doing that because we had fun as a class on scout team. you know, 26 out of 27 of us or whatever the number with us was of us redshirted, And th- those were all game days practice was game day for us. And, um, you know, we were able to, to go on and leave as a winning class of all time in MSU history, I think that a lot of that is predicated towards how we played on scout team dating back to our freshman year. So you know, was it, you know, my, my favorite moment, you know, and favorite, you know, win and all that? Of course not. But, um, you know, I've, I've talked about that so many times. And that's always, like, oh, what's your favorite game? What's all this stuff? But in terms of something to relive, I, I just enjoyed that because we were competing against, you know, ourselves kind of. We were competing against some great players. We you know of Michigan State's defenses during that time. And um, it gave us an opportunity to see if we could measure up and if we could play on this level. And we found out real quickly that we could. And that gave us confidence for the rest of our for the rest of our career.
1: Yeah, and, and playing scout team uh, my freshman year in high school, I know it's not it's not the same thing at all. But I remember being able to that that kind of camaraderie that you get with all yeah. all your all your buds. Yep. Playing against the 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 ones on varsity. Yeah. It's like. You go out every week. It's a new playbook. Oh, you're playing. Right. You're doing this team's playbook. You go out there, like, all right, let's let's do it. And for sure. You're not. You're not like. There's no hesitation. You're just going out and playing somebody else's plays, and you're just trying to get your other side better. And yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the chemistry, and camaraderie you get from that, I'm sure, is like unmatched.
0: No, yeah, it's unmatched for sure, for sure, for sure.
1: All right, Darren, man. Well, I thank you for coming on, man. I hope the season goes well for you all. I hope there is a season. Uh, yeah. Please, to the gods, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and I hope to have you on during the season too, man. Whenever, you, whenever, you, whenever, you can, make some time for us. We'd love, we'd love to have
0: you on, bud. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I got one more thing for you though. Just a little, another little fun fact. Um, all right. I'm, crea- I'm creating a question for you. Uh, I see all your bobbleheads in the back. Ah. Uh-huh. My my favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. What? what? That, my that's, all, my, that's my favorite player. My All time favorite player growing up. I was probably the only one on the east side of the country that had a Dante Hall jersey. I got it in eighth grade. Um, had to be, like, custom ordered because there was no way in D.C., Maryland, DMV area I was going to find a Dante Hall jersey. (laughs) And it was funny because, you know, last night was the Snoop vs. DMX versus, And, like, Dante Hall's nickname was X-Factor. And he's got this great, like, YouTube highlight of X Don't Give It To You by DMX that I've watched, like, every day. So, Uh like, growing up, my favorite position was kick return and punt return, actually. And my favorite player, like, of all time was Dante Hall. So it's pretty ironic I see that because I'm like, Nobody ever like thinks about that, unless you're in Kansas City, of course, you know, right. or you know, or Texas AM or something like that. But outside of that, um, you know, unless you're a football aficionado, um, you're not really gonna know the legend that is, Dante Hall. But uh I mean, all time favorite player. Well, yeah,
1: everyone thinks that, that yeah, the modern age people didn't watch football was oh, X yep. Factor or Des Bryant. Uh ah, no, 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 no. Not
0: nope, nope, <laughs> not the original, not the original.
1: That's funny, too, because you and I are both uh, DMV guys, and we are both, yeah. were both we're up in the same area, so yep. we're both on the offense. You know, yeah. that's, that, that's funny because I remember I wanted a jersey so badly for Christmas. You go to Modell's. You, you go to all these places. They didn't have
0: it. Yep. They I don't got it. Nope, they I had, had the black one.
1: Because that's yep. it.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that, that's a great connection we got there, man. <laughs> um, but I hope you have a good rest of the offseason and uh, training camp and everything, and I hope everything gets back to normal soon so we can uh, see some college football on Saturdays,
0: man. No doubt, man. Thank you. I appreciate it.